Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. How you doing? I have learned a very important lesson. What's that? Don't drink a glass of red wine and then watch a reconstructed Doctor Who episode from 1965. Is it difficult to follow? Is that what you were saying? Oh, my goodness gracious me. Oh, my. I had so much trouble. I was... It was... Oh, I just... I could... I had trouble understanding the characters talking to each other. I couldn't see their mouths move, so I couldn't do any little bit of lip reading. Mm -hmm. And I found myself having to close my eyes and like tilt my head towards the the TV screen regularly for (laughs) at least the first half of the episode. Yeah, I, I, I blame the wine. Do you remember what went on in the episode? It's a fairly monumental one. Yeah, I just I didn't realize I was going to have such trouble with it. Uh, I do. I have a complaint about the end of the previous episode because it did not very clearly lead into what happened in this episode. Now you're talking about the um, the audio narration, the direction of the audio narration of Peter Purvis because the last episode ended just with Katarina screaming, boom, cut to credits. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to see the dude grabbing, like you know, sort of leaping out and yeah. grabbing her. Um, but that was just out of nowhere. And actually knowing that she was going to die anyway, I assumed that was it. And she just died at the end of that episode. Oh. So that was very confusing. Whereas when it comes back at the beginning of this episode here, we actually have narration from Peter Purvis at the beginning saying that What's-His-Face actually jumped into the airlock and was waiting there, which is information that we did not get at the end of the previous one. And I don't know if we had the moving pictures, if we would have seen that. And Peter Purvis just didn't narrate it for us or what the deal was, because it was very confusing. Well, Peter Purvis is a is a good little narrator. I'm, I'm not. It's not his fault. He <laughs> okay, reads good. narrators, narrators and voiceover artists read what they are told. So yeah. I am not blaming him one little bit. Um, I'm just it's easiest to say Peter Purvis rather than the person who yeah. wrote the over the narration for the BBC release of blah, blah, blah. So we're just shorthanding here. I'm wondering if the uh, whoever produced the audio release way back when um, knew that perhaps people were going to be listening straight on to episode four and didn't want to spoil the shock surprise at the end of episode three that in fact yes there was a criminal there but now that i think about it i thought didn't we already see a shot of the uh, the criminal sneaking into the airlock at the end of episode three supposedly like, hypothetically see at this point do you remember it all um, am, I, am i putting on the spot here with this question i don't i don't really remember i mean i think we I, I remember that he, they were, he was creeping toward the ship. I don't know if it's made explicit that he actually made it all the way there or that he made it into the airlock. I really don't think it was because it was confusing to me. Mm. Mm. Um, anything else before we talk about the really big things? Anything else that you need uh, help with? Um, in the uh, like, I, I have to admit, I was kind of like when Mavic Chan was talking to his two or three underlings there about stuff, I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure what was going on there because I was more distracted by looking something else up which i want to talk about in this episode oh you were cheating on doctor who no i just i wanted to confirm something in my head (laughs) but i'll talk about a little bit i think no that scene was actually very clear to me and i liked it and i was that was that was one of the scenes weirdly that i was very much wishing that we had moving pictures i really would have liked to have seen uh what's her name's reaction to mavic chen you know i see her with stars in her eyes because like we know she's such a big fan of his and then after she leaves learning that carlton is the uh like his right hand man and knows all about it and is a traitor too except that his name is carlton and all i can think about every time he's on the screen is the fresh prince of bel-air 
he spells it with a K instead of a C. I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I love Carlton in this. Mm-hmm. I just Morse Browning is the name of the actor, and I just love his voice and his very operatic delivery. I think, yeah, I quite like him. Yeah, I, I enjoy him too. Uh, so that uh, yet another reason why I wish that that uh, that, that particular scene really had moving pictures because I think it would be neat to to see his performance, especially up against Kevin Stoney, whom we've talked about his awful awful makeup but i as an actor he's really really good he is very good um the thing that was distracting me we'll get to the big things in this episode don't worry but what was distracting me was the performance so to speak of the daleks because the voices i remember thinking that this is sort of the first dalek story where the voices change a lot and i remember when we were watching the first three episodes i thought these still kind of sound like they did in like the chase and dalek invasion of earth and daleks and all that but this one there was a little more distortion i thought like actual physical distortion and i thought the voice artist particularly peter hawkins um, who was was doing voices. That's what I was checking. I was thinking, did Peter Hawkins join in episode four of Dalek's Master Plan? But I was pretty sure he did. And sure enough, he was there from the beginning. But I find that his performance um, was a lot more menacing and a lot more up and down, you know, a lot like, kind of like, as we know Daleks today, kind of like very emotionally intense as opposed to before I think they sort of focused on robots. And I'm wondering if Douglas Canfield sort of says, you know what, let's make them a little more oomphy this week or something like that i i so that's what i was wondering to myself during that scene yeah that's the kind of thing i would not notice nor wonder about sorry that's okay i did uh correct a wikipedia article today that falsely listed only one canadian hockey player on team canada in 1972 is wearing a helmet and of course there's three so mm. that could just be the way my mind is working today perhaps this is how mind affects my brain <laughs> i focus on differences in dalek voices mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true you did have wine as well I did okay so uh after all that um one companion dies and another joins the TARDIS and we lose Brett Vine all in one episode, all in the space of a few minutes, actually. Yeah. So so we're going to have the Sarah, uh, the Sarah Kingdom as a companion thing now? Argument? Is that who you're talking about? Joins the group? She hasn't joined anything yet. No, it's true, but uh, but we know. Okay, well, she's... Yeah. Um, but Katarina certainly has left. <laughs> Which I, I find odd, that, as you saw, that was the one moving clip in this episode, um, which came from a Blue Peter episode in 1973. What I'd like to know is, I haven't seen the actual Blue Peter episode in question, what were they celebrating on a kid's show that thought, you know what, let's show the death of a companion as part of a clip show? Because we basically saw the lead up to her death and then it cut out right right before the the, the next shot when Steven's shouting out at her. Yeah. What do you think of that scene? Um until you said it just now, I was like, was that moving? I don't remember it being moving. Sorry. Yeah, motion picture actually proper hmm. wine. Yeah, I I didn't I remember Sarah Kingdom moving at the end. That was yeah. new and exciting. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, actually, the the moment of Katarina's death is not moving because I remember that specifically. Specifically, because I remember talking about this with somebody at one point, and I was skeptical as to whether Katarina would actually know what she was doing 
um, in order to, well, no, in order to, in order to open the airlock and stuff. However, after actually like looking at the telesnaps and, you know, the bits and pieces that we have here, more in the previous episodes than in this one, um, I have come to realize that, yeah, she has been paying attention to everything the doctor has been doing and told her. They made a big deal of showing her how the door to the TARDIS works. They made a big deal of, you know, closing and opening the airlock here in this ship. So she's seen it. She's not dumb. And I wish that the moving picture had had moved for a little bit longer Mm -hmm. because there is a still shot. And this is why I don't remember the movement because I have very clearly like etched in my memory now is the still shot where uh, Peter Purvis is doing his uh, narration saying that Katarina is reaching for the you know, she, she escapes a little bit and is reaching for the door thing. And there's actually a shot of her arm reaching out with the arm of the guy from Desperus, you know, trying to grab her arm. And, you know, Stephen says, no, Katarina, she is clearly reaching for the the control. Mm-hmm. She, I think she has full knowledge of what she was doing. The doctor seems to think that, too. So I take back any any doubt that's all been erased. She actually, she did sacrifice herself to save them, which is mm-hmm. kind of a sad, noble thing. She had agency, though. Yeah. Yep. She, she made the choice to save the solar system. I, I don't think she, I, I don't think she completely understood what any of that meant. Mm-hmm. But she knew that it was important for them to get where they were going because it meant the lives of lots of people. And she decided that that was more important than than her own life, mm-hmm. especially since, I mean, she thought her life was over. But she made a big deal of, of it being important for the doctor to stay alive so that she could reach the um, place of perfection. Yes. So, so not... So yeah, it's not so much that she was willing to give up her life. She was willing to give up eternity, like her eternal life mm-hmm. in order to save all these people, which is actually, I think, kind of a, a bigger deal when it comes to a sacrifice position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after four and a bit episodes, the Katarina era ends on Doctor Who because the producers, about 10 minutes after they wrote her in to the end of the Myth Makers, decided that, wait a minute, she's not going to be able to do anything either. So we'll just have to write her out. And so let's write her out and maybe write Brett Vine out and have basically the same person except where they need a female companion because otherwise it'd just be three dudes running around the, the galaxy for the rest. I, I assume, I don't know for sure if Brett Vine was supposed to be there f- through to the end mm-hmm. and we could be having the is Brett Vine a companion debate. There would be no there would be no debate. Brett Vine is a companion. I already think he is. He is more a companion than Sarah Kingdom ever becomes. Spoilers. I don't care. People <laughs> People need to know this. Yeah. Um, it's Incidentally, I think I mentioned this a while back, but um, the scene that we don't get to see after Katarina shot out of space and, and they had some moving imagery on the, um, on the recon and you asked me if that was real. It wasn't, but it was definitely based on um, the camera script, uh, that was the first thing that Adrian Hill shot as part as her part of the character because it did all the pre-filming literally the week of shooting uh, episode four, The Myth Makers. So she went in like on a Monday that week to shoot her death scene. Then Tuesday through Thursday rehearsed for episode four, The Myth Makers. 
Um, so she knew it was the end. She knew that she was only there for a limited time. Incidentally, I think it was that scene actually of the shot of the of her in the the space criminal floating around in space. Remember, this was broadcast in late 1965. That someone connected to uh, Douglas Trumbull um, saw this and says, "Listen, BBC, how did you do this?" people floating in space technique because it looked very good and we're producing a upcoming feature film by stanley kubrick and we'd like to know how you did it so 1960 uh, uh 2001 was inspired mm-hmm. in part by doctor who whoa i did not know that that is kind of mind-blowingly astonishing that that 2001 took a special effect from Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Wow. Doctor Who is known for its special effects, but not in that way. No. <laughs> um, what else are we going to talk about? Bread Fyan. Yeah. I'm just making a pouty face. Wow. <laughs> I know. He was really good, wasn't he? He was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked, I liked Bread Fyan. I, I, I like the interaction between him and the doctor you know he's mr mr military and he shoots uh whatever what's his, the what's his dude's name uh Daxstar. yeah Daxstar. that's a very science fiction name um so you get the whole you know the doctor being grumpy at him for using guns and taking lives so quickly and i feel like if brett vine could have stuck around we could have seen a really neat um you know arc sort of for his character as he learned to see things the doctor's way and to not be quite so hidebound and stuck in his ways as a soldier and i feel really bummed that we sort of got got cheated out of that because that would have been really cool and i liked him yeah but then we wouldn't have had sarah kingdom yeah <laughs> But the thing is, uh-huh. we have, you know, it's Dead Man's Boots. The only reason we have Sarah Kingdom now is because of, because she kills Brett, Brett Fyan, which yeah. just makes me sad. Like, you know, if it had to be one or the other, I'd give me Brett, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, she's there. And, and the reason the, the pictures moved at the end of that episode, because it was the, pr- the reprise from the next episode, which exists, you see. Oh. Yeah. Are you getting, uh, by the way, speaking of recons, are you getting confused at all by who Trantis is in the recon? Um, I didn't remember him from any previous episode, but he it made perfect sense who he was in this one, uh, that he is the... Shut up, phone. Um, he's the leader of, well, the 10th Galaxy, which is apparently the next biggest deal after yeah. the Daleks. So he's their their right-hand man just because of the size of the you know, organization he comes from. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, Mavic Chen, pretty sneaky, sis. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his, his plan to say that, yeah, the, the, those two strangers, the Doctor... And Steven are, they're from the 10th galaxy. We think they're Trantis's spies. And, you know, Trantis, of course, is just like, no, there's no proof. Which, you know, really the Daleks, I hope, are not stupid enough to believe that. But, which, and, it, you know, so far, they've just been like, yeah, when, he, when Mavic Chen comes back, we'll figure it out. For now, we're just going ahead with... Although I do have to think it, it was ridiculous when they like, yes, we have news that Mavic Chen has almost recaptured mm-hmm. the Terranium. Like, so what? He has almost done... Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, this ain't horseshoes. No. Um, it, that That's what makes uh, this 
version of Daleks chasing the Doctor and his friends around the universe a lot better than the chase? Is there that extra layer of intrigue with Magic Chen mm-hmm. and stuff, which makes it interesting? The reason I asked about whether you recognize Trantis because I think the recon for this was made before um, Episode 2 was returned to the archives. Oh. So um, the good folks who were making the recon were basically going off of a couple of shots from Mission to the Unknown, I think, long shots to try and determine what he looked like. Mm. But it's the guy with the pointy teeth oh. is who Trantis is, oh. who doesn't at all look like that in the recon. Okay. So that's why I asked if you were confused at all. Okay, so as it turns out, I'm actually retroactively confused about the previous episode okay. with the guy with the teeth. So so yeah, mm. I did not I did not realize that the guy with the teeth is the same guy. Oh, but now that I know that, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, like, I think it would, if he shows up in the next episode that's moving, then yeah, had you not told me this, then I would have been confused. But at this point, I just assumed that, like, we hadn't seen Trantis before, mm-hmm. so no confusion. <laughs> well, now you know. Now you can connect the dots. Yep. I'm ready. Yep. You're ready for episode five, then. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe not, like, right now, but I will be, I'll be able to process it. Well, we have to edit and export this podcast, so mm-hmm. after that, though, mm, yeah, yeah. really like episode five, I want to watch it. It moves, no? Oh, wine. Uh, yeah, I'm whiny. Last week, it was codeine. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I, I remember that yeah. vaguely. <laughs> People <laughs> who just joined for Lazy Doctor <laughs> Who just think that a guy and his substance-abusing wife... <laughs> Watch Doctor Who and talk about it. Mm-hmm. That actually, you know, that might make an interesting podcast. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it would be bad. Hey, I, I, okay. So, if you have the choice between alcohol or coding, coding is by far the better way to consume Doctor <laughs> Who. It does. It, it Doctor Who's not confusing when there's coding. It's just happy and lovely. Right. With wine, it gets confusing. Oh, except for a city of death, yeah. perhaps. Well, actually, not confusing. Just. It, I don't know. Maybe it would have been just as confusing or just as difficult to understand the voices because of the audio. Because really, that was the only. I, I wasn't having trouble with the plot. I just mm-hmm. had trouble deciphering the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's okay. There's only three more years worth of recons to go, so we'll get there. <laughs> I think I need to get some more coding. Yeah, probably pop one <laughs> each time we do a recon. Okay, are we done here? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>